This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. At the UPS store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product, services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. Welcome to the Olive Podcast. I'm Janine, Olive's deputy editor and podcast host. And each episode, I'll be catching up with chefs, cookery writers, and characters from the food scene in Britain and beyond. Join us each week to expand your food knowledge as our guests share 10 things we need to know about the specialist subject. And do listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where they also reveal their top cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. I'm delighted to welcome Perry Wakeman to the podcast today. Perry is Director and Chief of Cheese at Rennet and Rhine Cheesemongers in Cambridge. He is an expert in his field, from judging at the World Cheese Awards to holding the highest certification possible at the Academy of Cheese. In 2022, Perry won the first ever Affineur of the Year competition, and we're going to take a deep dive into exactly what an Affineur is today. Welcome, Perry. Yeah, thanks for that lovely introduction. No, I kind of forget what you've done. Uh, over the last 11 years. Yeah, and I know there's more than that because I've seen on your on your webpage there's a long list of accolades, yeah. but that's just the kind of tip of the iceberg. First of all, could you tell us a bit about you and how you ended up working in the cheese world? Because I think people aren't, you know, you're not at school uh, maybe like thinking I'm going to be a cheesemonger or maybe you were, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it never works out like that. No. that you think people like grew up with cheese, but I pretty much... Growing up just like knew the basics, like going to supermarkets and that's that was my yeah. world, I suppose, in terms of cheese. And um, I, I always enjoyed cheese. My family enjoyed food. But until really we got into um, – I, I basically started in IT. <laughs> oh, really? So as an IT consultant in London, I had this kind of champagne lifestyle lemonade budget, so terrible salary and an amazing expenses budget. And um, at a very young age, I was fortunate enough to go around to some really nice restaurants and, wow. you know, treat people, let's just put it in that kind of area, yeah. um, and um, get them drunk and eat some really nice food for them to continue on their on their journey yeah. with the company that I was with. Um, so the first time I experienced artisan cheese was the cheese trolley, you know, like rolling out 30 different cheeses. Yeah. And I just couldn't believe there was that that's many quite varieties. High, that's quite high end, the cheese trolley, isn't it? The I cheese think. trolley, like being a cheese chauffeur, I yeah. think should be like <laughs> a, a new job title. Yeah. So yeah, I was just really impressed by this guy and just couldn't believe 
that might, I'm seeing six brie's, but they're not brie's. And it really intrigued me. Nice. And there were some British cheeses there. I went on down to the British Cheese Awards, which was held in Oxford. Yeah. Um, I was very young at that point, And um, I went to the day before, which wasn't, it was kind of like meet all the cheesemakers. So yeah. I met like Tim Jones, Mary Quick, and all these people kind of inspired me uh, and just said, if you want to know more about it, come to the farm and make cheese with us. Wow. And um, and uh, yeah, so I, I did a bit of that. And then um, I met Mark, so Mark's our MD, and his wife, Jan. And uh, I spoke to them. They were really into cheese in Cambridge and, and, mm. and selling it um, to, to the Cambridge colleges. And um, I spoke to them on Friday and started on Monday. And that was 11 years ago. That's amazing. So you just literally quit your job over a weekend and Pre- were like, I'm going to go make cheese. Pre- pretty much. Pretty much. It was just so interesting for me how diverse and just how nice the people were, yeah. the, the sense of community. Yeah. And it's never, cheese isn't a thing, artisan cheese isn't a thing which is the same all the time. Yeah. And I was used to things being the same all the time. (laughs) Um, So, um, yeah, so I did that. And then halfway through our journey, uh, you know, it was more interesting to me. The the art of affinage, like making cheese. So tell us about, tell us what the, what, what. Affinage actually is. What is it? What's the history of it? Yeah, so affinage is, the the quickest translation is to refine. Okay. So um, refining cheese, maturing cheese, and that's, there's not a proper English word for it. It's yeah. so kind of new in this country that, and, um, and kind of the history of it is that bit that kind of goes missing in actually everyone's brain, yeah. <laughs> which is everyone thinks milking cows, cheese yeah. milking cows, like cows in the field, yeah. uh, you know, people in vats and putting these molds and then you got cheese yeah. but there's something isn't that what happens <laughs> <laughs> no it isn't it isn't um, yeah and there's this part where you use selective pressures yeah. brushing washing turning humidity temperature to get the best out of the cheese yeah. so changing the temperature can change the chemistry in the cheese brushing the rinds can create new bacteria biomes on the outside yeah. which takes interesting flavors and uh, the French have been doing it for years. Right. So I went over to France, studied with this chap called Hervé Mons, who's like the godfather of affinage and well-known over there. So and you, went, you went and found the most important guy and yeah, worked with him. I love that. Yeah. And, you know, the interesting thing is a really good foundation for me, but there's, yeah. there's no path in affinage in the UK. Right. I mean, the Academy of Cheese are doing a little bit on maturing, but there's no book or university you can go to to study it. So kind of learning on the job and we're kind of like at the start of this amazing this industry. That's fascinating. Yeah. So that so last year it was actually the first Affineur of the Year competition in first the UK. First ever. First ever in Britain. That's the amazing. Affineur of the Year competition. And you won. And I won, <laughs> which was which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and borderline like emotional. Yeah, okay. <laughs> which was really strange for yeah. me because you know, uh, I've been maturing cheese for some time. You get, I think I said in my like acceptance speech, it's me going up and getting a award and yeah. wrestling a mic off Mary Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, and I, I just kind of like had this moment where I was like, I get loads of pl- praise about the cheeses that are mature from yeah. customers and things like that. But to have five of your peers technically judge that cheese as the, as the best, yeah. um, dedicate yourself to this art, which is relatively unknown, and then there was another side to the competition as well, yeah. which was uh, People's Choice Awards. So 100 to 150 people in a room going around trying these 11 cheeses that all affineurs in the UK matured 
wine being one of them, and they selected that cheese to be their people's choice as well. So they agreed with the judges. Yeah. I love that. Which, which is like, it is actually yeah. so much more important yeah. than uh, this nice award that I've brought out and you guys you can't see an, on the desk. You made an absolute crowd. Yeah, yeah, Perry's brought his award in and it's a nice big wooden. I thought he brought me a truckle of cheese. A truckle of cheese. It's just a, a lump of wood. wood. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Devastate. I was really disappointed. Yeah. But practically, like, for, tell us what you had to do for the competition because this is quite fascinating to me. You were all given... Exactly the same cheddar. Exactly the same cheddar, exactly the same time, exactly the same batch made, all at the same time. And then we all matured them. So people involved, obviously myself, Rennett and Ryan, uh, Neil's Yard, Paxton's, Number 2 Pound Street, all the the, the lovely biggies. Uh, Brendisa was involved in it. So... um, so it was a, you know, it felt like a start of something yeah. that we were all coming together to try and create. Do something. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to do, like, no gimmicks, just do what I do, yeah. which is mature a really good cheddar. And I looked at the profile of the cheese. You know, cheddar's normally matured around 8 to 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. And thought, I haven't got enough time to make this a big flavor. The best thing I can do is add more temperature into it. More temperature, less humidity means it dries quicker. Uh-huh. So... So essentially what I did was hammer the cheese with humidity and water <laughs> and turn the temperature up by 13 to degrees. To speed things up. To speed things up. Wow. And we just had this beautiful profile. The cheese was called Priscilla, by the way. Why I did know. you call it Priscilla? Uh, Queen I of the don't desert? know. No? I don't know. know. Priscilla Presley? <laughs> there, there, I have no idea. There was, it, there's a moment in a cheese maturing journey. Yeah. You know, when I'm with a cheese and they've all got names. And the name comes into your head. And the name comes into the head. That sounds really artistic. And uh, But... Um, but yeah, so so Priscilla came to me, and uh, <laughs> that sounds rather odd, peculiar, doesn't it? Came to me, and yeah, Priscilla won. And like I said, winning the People's Choice yeah. and winning the judges was so important because it shows affinage and maturing cheese works. Yeah. So on one level, you've got like Patrick McWigan, like uh, uh, you know, amazing people who yeah. really know their cheese, and then on the other side, you've got people who know their cheese, like their cheese, but yeah. probably won't judge it at a technical level. So maturing cheese translates. So the better you mature a cheese, yeah. the more people will buy of it. And that was kind of the moment, I suppose, when I got up there, which made me quite emotional thinking about that connection, yeah. that um, probably the fact that, um, you know, my job's safe. <laughs> 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 that maturing cheese matters yeah. and affinage matters. And do you think after the competition, the, the um, what's the word, the public perception of affinage, is it... Is it more out there now? More people understand what it means? Because when Keith first said, Keith, my boss, once mm. first said, you know, Affiner of the Air, I was like, what the heck is that? Yeah. yeah. And it, so it's more out there. Yeah. People are more interested in British cheese. People yeah. are more interested in artisan. People want to know where their food come from. Yeah. People want, uh, would like to get more value out of their cheese. And it's definitely grown as an industry, but we've got a long way to go. Yeah. Because um, it's just fascinating when you talk to people and... They engage, you know, they go down to their deli. That's mostly where you get your artisan, yeah. our actual artisan cheese from. And this lump of cheddar is traditionally cloth-bound yeah. and matured on wood over months rather than in vat packs and, you yeah. know, kind of... And, and once people work that out, you know... The amount the, of love that's gone into it and care. The amount and, of love. Yeah. And you, we, we're relatively like micro-affineurs. So yeah. I've got my hands on every single cheese, knowing where that's yeah. going to go. I've got a plan for every single cheese, wow. what restaurant it's going to go to, when it's going to fit into one of our um, 
kind of flagship products, which is called like mystery cheese box, five cheeses in a box. Yeah. And I mature them specifically for that kind of like area. Um, so, that, and that's a really nice thing to be able to do and have that that kind of arc and flow roller coaster of cheese being amazing and cheese being not as great, <laughs> but every cheese kind of has a home. Yeah, I love that. Let's talk a bit about the daily practice of an Afana. When you came in today, you said you'd got up at 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. to, to go down to start, you know. Uh, I mean, what, what what goes on? What goes on, like, you know, daily? Admittedly, I'm embellishing that a okay. little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> you're trying to impress. With that your, that like, was just dream. like today. Um, but yeah, regularly they're early starts. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we first thing we've got to do is go in the maturing rooms. Yeah. You'll be amazed what can happen in 24 hours. How many cheeses have you got in your maturing room at the minute, oh, would you say? God, I mean, so I think at the moment... It's about 920 cheeses, and that's a variety of sizes. So that's like 25 kilo down to one kilo down to 250 gram. Wow. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of cheese to kind of look after. Yeah. Um, so, so into the maturing rooms, look at the plan. So I'm really um, into my detail, yeah. excels, charts, temperatures, right. <laughs> what happened at this point. How did I feel about that cheese at that point? <laughs> really connected with the cheese. Um, and then if it needs it, ironing, so getting the, the T-shaped um, object that I have yeah. in front of me. It's a T-shaped object hollowed out in the middle. Oh. Plunging that into the cheese, it brings out a core. And then flicking that off and just trying a little piece of the Tiny cheese bit, yeah. and then resealing it. And just working out where that path of that batch is at the moment. Yeah. Because we're kind of looking at a timeline, a string of not only, you know, you don't just add cheese and cheese gets better. Yeah. You don't just add time to cheese and it gets, gets better. better. You've got to find that point where it'll be at its best. Right. So that's the skill trying to add, and obviously what it needs to. So tasting's important as well. And yeah. 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 And it's kind of over the years trying the same cheeses. Week in, week out for 11 years, you kind of get to know know. them really, really. And you know where it's going next. You're like, oh, this is about a week away from exactly where I want to be. It's a week away. This is a bit more. This needs a little bit more brushing. This Mm. needs to be turned more frequently. What does a brushing do? Yeah, so it can do a number of things. So there's a thing that my shock horror people, which is cheese mites. That's the main thing we're talking about. These are little kind of creatures that live on the rinds of cheeses. and Do they live on all cheese? Mm, not all cheeses, mainly cheddars and stiltons okay. and, that, and cave age, like long age stuff. They're friendly. Mice. They're friendly. You kind of want them to, you like, garden. You've got to kind of be a gardener and look after them. Yeah. Too, too much and you get a cheese like Mimulet and it looked like a, a moon surface, like craters. Because they've had a little nibble of it. Yeah, and yeah. you might want that. Yeah. You might want that. The Mimulet, like really famous cannonball cheese, has yeah. got that and it's got big flavour. And sometimes you don't. So you have to brush them off with a hard brush right. or brush them off not so much so they kind of maintain the area. <laughs> and you can get a cheese which feels maybe too creamy and it could go chewy. So you kind of want the mite to drive down, open up the cheese a little bit. Yeah. Oxygen, you know, moisture rushes out more quickly yeah. and um, then you get a more chewy cheese. Yeah. What do the brushes look like? Yeah, so they're kind of like rectangle shape. They're kind of just like 
a beard brush, but I've the only one with a beard here. So, <laughs> so maybe, I have no idea what a beard yeah. brush looks like. Like so, a paintbrush? No, yeah, like, yeah, like a paintbrush, but longer. Okay. Like, a, like a horse's brush, I suppose, <laughs> right? If you was brushing. Uh, that's I where, have no frame of reference. For oh, I might have to draw <laughs> it. But yeah, that's it's kind fine. of, it's like a to- the end of a toothbrush, oh, okay, but yeah, larger. Okay, yeah. That's better. I know what you mean now. Yeah, I and I use two styles. One's kind yeah. of artificial, and that's kind of a very dry brush. And then yeah. one's an organic one, which is natural hair, yeah. and that's got natural oils in it. So cheese is alive. You've got spores on the outside, and you've got these filament molds, which are like little um, trees with seeds on the end. Yeah. And sometimes you want to trap them because you don't want them to procreate on the outside of the cheese because that might be mushroomy, earthy. Yeah. So you use the organic brush to trap those spores oh. in the hair follicles of the brush, Okay. and you kind of push down that spore being there and being prominent within the yeah. cheese. How did people work all of this out in the I first don't know. place? I don't know. Some of these are my own techniques. <laughs> okay. It's come from your crazy yeah. mind. Oh, yeah. Well, we did this thing, British Cheese Weekender, yeah. which was set up by the Academy of Cheese. Um, and um, and I was explaining, uh, someone asked me about brushing techniques. I've never discussed it before. Yeah. And I was showing the small concentric, concentric circles, like yeah. small little, they, 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 they could like, don't disturb the rind too much and then heavily brushing the yeah. cheese to open the surface and then brushing off mm-hmm. and all these weird and wonderful techniques. I probably should write a book. I think you should. I think that's <laughs> definitely next on the cards. The other things you can do, so um, like more obvious techniques. So I read about um, you can put brine on the rind, mm-hmm. you can bathe it in beer and cider, you can rub it with oil or lard. As, are, are those things that you employ as well? Yeah, so we do a cheese which is called Bybrook, which is yeah. like a Conte mountain style cheese okay. made by Juliana down in Wiltshire. And I wash that in a local rapeseed oil. Nice. Um, and that's a real pleasure to do. Yeah. The smell is incredible. Like imagine the smell of oil. Yeah, and it's that lovely yellow. Color it's that as well. yeah, yeah. rapeseed yeah. oil. It's like that that really rich yellow color. Mm. But whenever you wash them, it smells of peach. Oh really? Wow. Which I haven't worked out that connection yet. So I think oil and that kind of dense kind of lingers. It's it's not particularly pleasant. Yeah. But whenever you wash them, it just smells of peaches. Yeah. And then does and then does the rind gradually develop because yeah, of so the washing? So you're adding layer on layer on layer. Yeah. And you know, with a brine, water salts, yeah. you're trying to basically allow a more hospitable ground yeah. for better bacteria that tastes good on wow. there. And it's only like a 2% brine. It, it changes between it. And it's the same with uh, wash rind cheeses yeah. is in terms of cider and a little bit of cider in there. Yeah. The balance is really, you've got to be really careful with the balance because there's a thing, mainly it's bee linens, but there's loads of microbes on the outside of the cheese that are creating. Yeah. But when you add alcohol, it accelerates breakdown. Okay. So you can get those really like a poiss, like squash cheese. Quite smelly. Yeah, very smelly. <laughs> and that, do you know that's the crazy thing about yeah. wash rind cheeses? Everyone's like, that is not for me. Yeah. It smells like my gym bag. But actually the taste isn't no. Yeah. It's so buttery yeah, and easy yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. And if you can break through that smell barrier. Yeah. Just have to. <laughs> yeah, you'd be in for a really big treat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, more, more wash rind cheeses. Yeah. People are scared of. They should try more should of those. should just jump in and have them. Mm. Um, let's talk a little bit about timelines because you said, you know, it can range from a few weeks to several years yeah. depending on the cheese. How, how do you decide what that what that is? The timeline? Yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult really. That's like working with the cheese maker to see where 
what what their intentions are because yeah. you know affinage is a collaboration yeah um and we're involved as much as the cheesemaker um and we've got to look after their cheese so th- there's a conversation about that but there's certain elements and the one thing that i always get that i remember from learning with hervé and mons in and laura mons in, in france is acidity yeah normally a cheese and it's hard to categorize, but when I iron a cheese or taste a bit of a cheese, there's this particular sharp acidic note which tells me that it's got time. Right. And that's hard to convey what that is without, you know, doing it for 11 years. But yeah. you kind of, you get that point and it, that can reappear over the age of the cheese and you think, ah, oh, six months more or six months, you know. Yeah. Um, but some of the really interesting tree- cheeses are like, breeze yeah. that you can mature over the course of one to sort of 12 weeks oh, really? Wow. and really provide those different profiles. So yeah. you're familiar with the brie like Baron Bygod, which has a chalky middle. Yeah. That would be more lactic, fresh, grassy with a little bit of mushroom kind of on, on the, the outside. As yeah. soon as you get rid of that, that lactic freshness goes in replace for savory and more aggressive flavors and a more silky texture. So getting people to try those three stages yeah. is always really interesting. Yeah. What 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 cheese would you kind of recommend as a a one for try? You know, that a cheese that is good at various stages in its its development, and it, there's a good young version, there's a good aged version of it. Yeah. Well, you know, the French Conte is always good to to try that because they you know they've got much bigger facilities and they've been doing that for a long time. Um, and you can see, you know, Conte really around 14 to well, 13 to 15 months is kind of my favourite profile. Right. We've kind of got this addiction in the UK with aged, you know, yeah, it's vintage. It's like aged is better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Vintage, you and know. And I read it, that, that, you know, that, I mean, your, your basic supermarket cheese, when they say vintage or extra mature, it's not actually, they can just use those words, but it doesn't really mean anything. Is that yeah. Right? And that's the difference between mass yeah, made and artisan. Of course, yeah. You can use starter cultures, one which is famous in the industry which is called Helveticus and as human beings the yeah. starter culture is the, the stuff you put in your milk yeah. to basically kick things off um, and there's one that's called Helveticus and it's a a lot of people just are addicted to it and you find that in a lot of your cheeses that you have in supermarkets really? it's acidic, savoury, salty boom, done you want to eat more so it just does that job basically yeah. and it matures really quickly uh, right. so you can do it in vac packs in giant wheels yeah. you know giant sort of blocks yeah. over the course of like you know four months yeah. when to get to that same sharpness from a Montgomery's cheddar or Westcombe or Pitchfork yeah. it's walking 18 months you can't naturally do that in, yeah. a, in, a, in a natural way um, so yeah it's, it's interesting and I, I think both have a place in our life by the way yeah. Um, and I, I always need to be really clear about this because I seem really biased, but I think they both have a place in our lives. Yeah, of course. But I think people just need to understand that artisans can't be mass made. No. You know, it's impossible and that comes with a certain price point and things like yeah. that. Um, and um, mass made can kind of be artisan. Yeah. Because they can almost, you know, artisan's not a protected name. Anyone can put artisan on a piece of packaging. <laughs> so for, for, for 10p, yeah. you can print on, you know, a side of a, a you know, a mass-made cheddar, this is an artisan cheddar. Product, yeah, it but... wouldn't be morally correct, but, but, <laughs> but, 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 but people... Wouldn't be, it wouldn't be illegally. Yeah, yeah, but, but people, people do that. Yeah. But for an artisan to be mass-made, 
that's millions of pounds of investment. Wow. Yeah. Machinery, people, funding, investors. Yeah. And I think that we just need to protect no, the artisans absolutely. a little I, I bit agree. more. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, Let's talk a bit about um, conditions and environment because um, you said the flavour and texture of cheese can be significantly influenced by the conditions in which it's aged. And I know obviously you've got your... Um, at Rennet Rind, you've got your mm-hmm. aging room, yeah. but p- people use all sorts of things, don't they? Yeah. What What are the conditions? Are there ideal conditions, or d- is it a different condition for a different cheese? Yeah, so it varies, and it you know there is a standard area which I said about the cheddars early. Yeah. You know, eight to ten degrees, eighty five percent humidity. That's kind of like standard. But obviously, biomes and what you're creating and yeah. what what you can see on the cheese responds better. To different things, okay. so so you know, lowering the humidity to bring out more moisture in the cheese, mm. so you get a drier, more flinty texture yeah. that, that that's in there. So there's no real rhyme. There is a set rule, you know, that people have created and found out through yeah. millions of years. Um, but what about cheeses? Say, for example, because you mentioned about cheeses in caves. Yeah. What about the, there's still people out there, aren't there, yeah. who were using like caves to age cheese? Yeah, Roquefort in France is still in caves, and you've got Wookie Hole that are bringing over their ch- cheddars and maturing them. I mean, it's the perfect condition. Yeah. You want stability, so a cave provides that stable temper temperature yeah. and that stable humidity. And the cheese loves that. And that's why I always talk about people having cheese in the fridge at their home. You know, that the reason why it goes off pretty quickly and dries out quickly is because you're opening and closing the door. Yeah, of course. And so you're changing that humidity and the cheese is going, I don't like this. Yeah. Um, I'm going to multiply, you know, you always find on the f- surface of your cheese, not the rind, no. that there's new mold on there. Yeah. And that's most of the rind mold going, y- you're harming me. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. I'm I'm going to move to the most fertile land, which is the face of the cheese, yeah. which I haven't been able to get access to for all these months. Um, so it, it, it's you know you have your own cave where, at where home. Should, where, should, where should we keep the cheese at home then? Tupperware. Oh, Tupper, really? Tupperware. So you, uh, I did this so video online, cre- okay, where I made I uh, for uh, I made my uh, how can make, how can you make your own maturing room at home? And it was a shoebox. Um, A little hygrometry system that you can pick up for, you know, 10 pounds, you know, and that's temperature and humidity and a little bit of water. Yeah. So if you're at home and you don't have a shoebox or or you don't don't fancy creating that, Tupperware, a little bit of mineral water on some kitchen cloth. Yeah. Put that in with the Tupperware, put your cheese in there, seal the top. Yeah. Because as you open and close that cheese, the atmosphere is locked in. So the cheese isn't going to be exposed to that kind of aggressive yeah. nature that, that that opening and closing a fridge yeah, this does. Is a, this is a top tip. I this is a top this. tip. A top we've, tip. We've got into the top tip area. No, no, this is fine. It's great. Yeah. Um, and w- it, within, if you are doing it in a cave or wherever you're doing it, I think you, you mentioned like microflora as well. So that's yeah. the things that are in just things in the air yeah. that are going to change the nature of your cheese. Yeah, and that's like a twofold thing. Yeah. So what you've been maturing in there, you know, what natural biomes you've got in there, how much penicillin you've got in there. And and that's kind of done visually that that, that you can see what's landing on the cheese. But, you know, bacteria is like moving through this country. And when I say bacteria, I do mean good bacteria, by the way. It's it's become this thing where bacteria is like a bad word, isn't it? (laughs) And, you know, that you get these swathes of things that come through that you just don't recognize. I, I remember one time, we were maturing some blue cheeses 
And we went into the maturing rooms, shut it down the end of the night by shutting it down and closing it and turn off the lights. Came back in the next morning and there's little kind of like mold sprouts on top of the cheese. Within 24 hours... And still to this day, no one really knew what it was. Yeah. No one really understood what that what that cheese was or, or that mould was. And there's been times where, you know, <laughs> what one scenario I was explaining the other day was we we left the, shut the maturing rooms yeah. on a Friday, came back in on Monday, and in the centre of the room was which only could be described as a cream like a cream egg that's been smashed, Cadbury's cream egg smashed in the centre of the floor. You know, this white orange mould that was there just That's developed bizarre. over the weekend. Never seen it before. It's like and never seen it aliens again. or Toy Story or something. Like, there's something creeping around inside that, your cheese Oh, room. God, <laughs> that makes it sound quite ominous, doesn't it? But yeah. it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, and it's really fascinating how good these bacteria are and for you. And how alive you, the cheese how is. How alive they are. Yeah. And this is fermentation yeah. in general. Yeast in beer, you know, in wine. And, you know, these are the like, kind of trifecta, you know, bread... Yeah alcohol, cheese that we've been doing for years. Yeah. I think yeah. you said as well, because, um, you know, it's not just cheese that can be aged. Um, you can also use affinage for, for mature other foods like meat and wine. Yeah. And I don't think people have got a problem with that because they know like 38 day aged beef or, yeah. you know, wine that's been like kept in a certain way. So it's just for us to kind of make that jump, isn't it? To realise yeah. how much care needs to go into it. Yeah, and to understand that, yeah, the care that goes into it and the artisan nature of, mm. of it. And, um, yeah, we're fermenting things all the time. We've done it for years. Yeah. You know, we didn't have fridges, you know, back in the Neolithic period. A little yeah. bit of a history diversion there. Yeah. In this. <laughs> yeah. um, so you would have to cure. And that's essentially what you're doing. You're yeah. trying to remove as much moisture as possible to mm. prolong the life of your milk. Yeah. Otherwise, it will sour and, you know, potentially be harmful at that, at that period. And do you think with the, you know, I guess Affiner of the Year is, is happening again this year, the yes. competition. Um, will more cheesemakers be employing Affiners to kind of finish their cheeses do you think or is I it I don't know really yeah that it, I mean since Affiner of the Year and since you know people that standard being recognised and then I suppose people understanding more of what I do yeah. I've been requested more to do some like Consultancy. Consultancy. So yeah. you're showing them how it's done kind of thing and what or what they can do, what the potential is. Yes. Yeah. And the consultancy fee is a night down the pub. Yeah. So <laughs> that, the best kind yeah, of consultancy yeah. fee. So um so essentially, yeah, and we did one recently in partnership with Old Roan, which is a phenomenal Wensleydale style, wow. cloth bound, buttered yeah. in Yorkshire. I mean, uh, someone said, and I I won't steal his quote, it's from Fine Cheese, that if you old Rome could be the first Wensleydale you ever tried, yeah. it would just be the best experience ever. Like wow. people would be addicted to Wensleydale because we're yeah. just used to the fat packs, loads of moisture, yeah. citrus, old Rome. You put it on your tongue, it's got a little bit of robust texture. Yeah. It crumbles perfectly, and then the acidity is like sour, creme fraiche. Wow! It's just a little bit of citrus. Yeah, it's like acidic. But on so many different levels. Amazing. I absolutely love that cheese. So yeah, we went up there and Ben was having trouble with a bitter note that he wasn't happy with. So we brought them down. We matured them for four months. 
you can see this online on yeah. our website, cool. you know, Rennet and Rind. And if you check out the blog yeah. section, it shows all my data all of, of what I did with the cheese, how many times I turned it, how much I brushed it. So if you love data, yeah. go there. <laughs> Paris your man. It's got spreadsheets, Excel, got it covered. Yeah, I've got it covered. I've got, I've got formulas coming yeah. out of my ears. Um, yeah, go and have a look there. And the great thing about that was just how – you know, we were judging all these cheeses and yeah. some were held in, you know, different cheesemakers' stores. And I remember one particularly that we opened up, so it's like eight different cheeses, and it smelled of Hafod. You could have blindfolded. Hafod is a Welsh cheddar. It's phenomenal. Wow. And they had it in their stores. You could have blindfolded me. I said, that is Hafod. You know what it was. And these eight cheeses, all the base notes are similar, yeah. but very, very different. It's, it's hard to – it's something that you, you completely know it, but you yeah. don't know it at all. And we all we all agreed that, you know, we in our batch, you know, our cheese, we eradicated the yeah. acidity. You know, the tips were given to Ben and Sam, you know, about what I would do with their cheese yeah. to, to to do this. So it's a nice little community That's feel lovely. that yeah. we have. It feels like you're sort of really, you know, pushing things forward and helping people get to to make the best possible product they can. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think if you turn the artisan industry in on itself and kind of like make it a competitive nature yeah that actually we're not selling much artisan cheese as a country sharing don't you yeah and we're really really good at it yeah you know we've got these amazing pastures amazing animal husbandry skills we're regularly at the world cheese awards in the top 10 with this amazing industry we need to win it yeah 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 (laughs) and um and i just feel like a lot of people just um are going to embrace that yeah. Over over the coming years, and I've seen since COVID a massive uptick in people being far more interested yeah, in absolutely. artisan cheese, and it's so important. And people eat that cheese, and they have a really amazing experience, and they can see the value, yeah. and it's so filling yeah. because it's not designed to make you eat as much as possible as frequently it's as possible. It's just designed to be tasted and yeah. savoured. And what have you got coming up this year? What's, what's happening apart from... When When does the Afana 2023 it's, happen? It's June. June, great. Um, so, yeah. So, so those people will already be in the... Yeah, so I have my cheese at the moment, yeah. unnamed. Um, okay. I'm leaving that. I, I think I've got a name over literally the last two weeks. Can you tell us what weeks. style you're... you're so, so we've got four styles. One is a Quicks... Um, Cheddar, so yeah. same one again, but a smaller size. Right, okay. Um, and then we've got Baron Bygod, which is a famous breed of most style yeah, made in Suffolk, but John Industrial Crickmore, probably the best artisan cheese in this country. Then we've got Cropwell Bishop Stilton, which I love, and then we've got a cheese made down wow. in Somerset called Solstice, which is Wash Rind. And you're aging all, you're refining all four of them. Yeah, I do all four this year. Wow. Just because. Because you can. I mean, <laughs> if anyone can do it, chief of cheese, well, you can do it. <laughs> like, so, like the first year was about, yeah. do you know what? Like I've got to do what I'm known for yeah. doing. And, you know, luckily yeah. I was crowned Britain's first afternoon of the year, which is great for marketing, by the way, because yeah. I don't need to reprint things no. every year. I will always be the first ever. <laughs> so, so there's that. And um, so, so I wanted to do a good – this year I still obviously want to do a good job. Yeah. But I want to be a little bit more experimental. Experimental, yeah, I love it. So I've been a little bit more exper- experimental. So, so the cheese, the the cheddar that I'm maturing at the moment, the quicks, mm-hmm. the same one as last year. I've kind of done this compress, mold compress. So I've matured three cheddars, which I love, for more than a year. Let them grow out of the side, and then basically like clamp them on top of the cheese for the first three months of its life. Wow! To really get the mold going. Yeah. And it looks incredible at the moment. 
if I, might, it, I might have to come down to see the yeah, <laughs> to see oh, the reveal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a yeah, it's going to be a gr- like a really good event, yeah, and cool. there's a lot of free cheese. Yeah. And you know, if you're interested yeah, in the cheese industry, everyone's there who you need to know in the artisan industry. So uh, yeah, so if like if, you might if, be inspiring the next Perry Wakeman, you know, someone who's in IT now, think, well, I want to be a cheesemaker now. I'm or, sorry, an oftener, I want to be working in cheese. Who, who knows? <laughs> eh? Who knows? I mean, and you mentioned you mentioned the blog there, the website, TikTok, mm. Instagram. Where can everyone tell us all the places to go and see what you're doing, where you're sharing all that information and videos and stuff? Yeah, pretty much. Our, our website is runitandryan.co.uk, yep. and then our Instagram social media handles are just Rennet and Rind. So just Google that and yeah. we come up. And then my own personal one is Perry Matures Cheese. So Perry Matures Cheese. Um, that's a little bit more lifestyle. Yeah. And <laughs> so <laughs> that one. But, uh, okay. but you're more than welcome to yeah. uh, to, 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 to check out my lifestyle. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for chatting no to us today, Perry. It's been fascinating. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Olive Podcast. For recipes and more information, head to olivemagazine.com. Do remember to listen out for our effortless bonus episodes where our guests reveal their best cooking cheats, hacks and shortcuts. And don't forget to subscribe at iTunes, Acast, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.